What is this? For the masses. Mmm, I like this for the masses. <laughs> episode two. Episode two already. I'm super excited for this episode. I was excited for episode one, but I'm even more excited for episode two. Why is that? What does episode two show? It shows progress. It shows progress. We're going up and it's stuck. My next guest for this episode, his name is Micah Titibe. He's one of my best buddies. I'm super excited because he had me on his podcast last spring, the Unpacked Podcast. I encourage everyone to go and listen to that. But as a friend, he's transparent. He holds you accountable and he's genuine. All the things you would want in a friendship. But even more than that, he's a better husband and he has radical faith. But I'm not going to get too much into that. Let's get into the episode for the Masses Podcast. What's up? Whoa, Micah. Yeah. I'm excited to hear from you, bro. We in there. We in there. All right. Welcome to For the Masses Podcast. My name is John Barrett, the host, and I'm super excited for our current guest, Micah Titibe. Micah is an expert in cultivating community and one of my close friends. Micah, how are you doing, bro? I'm good. I don't know if I'm an expert, but I'm trying my best. I'm excited for this podcast, JB. Thanks for having me. But you're an expert in my eyes because you live it. Ooh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate and I, that. And I, and I really mean that, you know? So, so Micah, so like moving forward with this podcast, you're going to do most of the talking and I'm going to ask the questions that I've always wanted to ask you. Okay. All right. I'll buckle up. Awesome. So Micah, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where you come from, uh, what you do. So I grew up in Warren, Ohio, which is pretty close to Youngstown uh, in northeastern Ohio. Big football place. Grew up with just some awesome parents, a great family. Uh, really fortunate in that aspect. I had parents who supported me and my goals of playing soccer. I was blessed to get a scholarship uh, to play at Wheeling Jesuit University in Wheeling, West Virginia, which is a few hours south from where I grew up. Uh, there, I had a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and a lot of in-betweens, um, but I really found myself, uh, found what uh, I saw as friends and community and you know family outside of blood. And after I, I graduated in 2018 with a bachelor's in business, I found myself at a local church doing ministry there, and I was able to land a job as the, the youth pastor there. Did that for about a year. And then in the midst of a pandemic, I guess you have to be crazy to do so. But my wife and I jumped in our cars and moved all the way out to New Hampshire in New England, where we're finishing up now our year of service, serving in schools. And uh, I'm in a middle school currently in a seventh grade, being able just to help kids learn and help teachers figure out how to teach better in the midst of just everything that's been going on over the past well, we're in part two now of the pandemic. Absolutely. And, that, and that's radical faith, Micah. And again, this is what I mean by like you embody community. Like you really, you really jumped out there. You and your wife turned your lives upside down to go on a mission for a year and, and more now, you know? So at the beginning of your introduction, you said highs and lows, you know? So highs and lows, because when I met you at the beginning of college, you're a completely different person from the beginning to the end of college, you know, so, so Micah, starting at the beginning, what was the community like up until when you got to college and how did that shape you? Good question. Um, I think when you, when you say the word community, um, how I interpret that is kind of just the people who are around you, um, who are affecting you and that can be positive and it can be negative because every, everything has a good and bad. Right. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say I had like a community. I had friends, I had good, really good friends, some awesome friends in high school, but I, it was nothing that was ever like earth shattering or ground shaking people 
again, great people, but I think I really was immature, too immature to really figure out how much, how I could go deeper in those relationships. So I just found myself kind of, I think how every 18 to 25 year old, when they start college or that general age range of just trying to figure things out, where do I fit in? Kind of like a middle schooler, where do I fit in? Where do I belong? And who are my people? And at the beginning, I was kind of just letting life happen to me, letting soccer kind of be uh, my number one thing, which it was for my whole life up to that point. So I was just doing what was comfortable. So that was kind of what it was like. Um, I think you you kind of alluded to this, but you said kind of what it was later on. I, I had an awesome, awesome group of friends, these guys I'm still friends with now, but just who are in the midst of something really hard, like losing family members or going through tough times and relationships and just being there for each other. And all of us kind of maybe never having that experience of true friendship, um, like brothers around each other um, to lean on, uh, to trust and to push uh, to say, hey, maybe we can do a little bit better. Maybe I can do a little bit better. And just hanging out and just doing life, serving the community, delivering meals on to, to people who can't get that food themselves and going on retreats, going on trips together and really just experiencing what life has to offer, especially when you're uh, in a young adult. No, absolutely. And I think uh, for both of us, you know, when we came to college, it was more of a maturity thing for us. You know, kind of like had good, definitely had good morals, great background coming into college, but we really like try to like find who we are and what we're trying to do, you know? And um, I think me and you grew in that aspect together, you know? So we met uh, via Man Club. Man Club's a faith-sharing group that we did in college together. And we would come together, you know, do highs and lows, uh, hymns, and just talk about all the things that requires us to become th- become better men and grow as men. And would you say that grew you, Micah, that community that we had as in Man Club? Definitely, because I was, I was never really in that space before. I think our culture now has a lot of how do I say, toxic masculinity, where you have to look a certain way, act a certain way, suppress your feelings, right? It's not cool. It's not okay. Um, It's not normalized. Well, maybe it is now, but uh, at that point in time, it wasn't right to talk about how you felt. And if you're a man, you shouldn't feel certain things or you shouldn't show certain emotions. And in that space, I felt like there was a lot of forgiveness, a lot of understanding of people who didn't necessarily know each other all that well, but able to say, hey, this is a safe space. We're here for you. We're not going to judge you. And we're just going to accept you as you are in the midst of those, again, highs and lows. I agree. I think I think it was pivotal for both of us because, again, toxic masculinity was really a thing. And I feel like it was at an all-time high, and it wasn't cool to talk about your feelings. you know. And then we meet this one guy named Putty, and he asked us to come to this random club and talk about our feelings and be vulnerable. And I think some people had it easier becoming vulnerable in that type of setting, and then some people had it rough, you know, and it required coming in and coming out, coming in coming out. But um, I think for like guys like me and you, we kind of you know owned it and was okay with being vulnerable. And then essentially me and you went into career paths or fields that required us to teach other people that you would say so. Yeah, I think through that process, I figured out that I actually liked talking to people and that I liked uh, figuring out their stories, figuring out what makes them tick and uh, their experiences. So through that, for sure, I think both of us were able to say, hey, this is something that I enjoy and maybe I might have some gifts in this area. No, absolutely. And it's super important because, again, we were able to identify our gifts. You know, Jamie Brogan, the campus ministry minister there, he he expressed to me that I have like a power of community, which is the 
get people around, you know, and kind of like use that ability to, uh, and cultivate it. And I feel like I was able to do that. And for you, you know, it's like super huge fan of you because you hold people accountable. So me and you, as I started to drift, you know, you like, hey, let's read this book. And I forget the book we read together, uh, The Power of the Other. Yes. And and you hold me accountable. Like every every week you would come over, you know, I'm doing crazy stuff for work, but you would come over and like, hey, it's time to, it's time to read and we would do it. What, what was so important about that book? How do you think that book, you know, uh, cultivated the community mean, mean you had? I think the book itself had some great examples, but also was able to put into words what a good relationship looks like. I think we all know kind of what an ideal setting is for a relationship, but it's hard to kind of figure out what next steps are or how to do those things. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, for you and I, it was just a matter of maybe I didn't read the book this week, but I showed up and I was present and I was able just to have that conversation. No, absolutely. And we owned it. <laughs> I was able to say, hey, Michael, I didn't read today. You know, and you're like, hey, bro, I didn't read today. Or, you know, <laughs> I read, you didn't. You know, and it was never a place of like uh, judgment. It was a place for us just to get together and talk. And um, I- I'm super grateful for that time because it-, it helped draw me back in when I started to drift from that type of environment, you know. And um, and that's where I think your power is cultivating the community, you know. And I think multiple people would say, like, well, you help cultivate the communities that they take with them when they left, you know, our university. So, so Micah, what, why is cultivating the community you have and kind of like watering your flowers where you're at important? I love that picture of watering the flowers where you're at because I, I like the phrase, you know, bloom or blossom kind of where you're planted. And it's not going to flower. It's not going to grow if you're not going to invest in it. I love that picture. But cultivating, I think it's super important because, like I said earlier, community is those people who, around you, how are they affecting you? Uh, yeah. And that's good and it's bad. And a lot of the time we give people more time and more space than they should be allowed to have in our life, more influence than maybe they shouldn't have. And so being able to say, hey, you know, we're friends, but do I really know you or I want to be able to grow in my, my own relationships, grow in my own identity, but I need someone to help hold me accountable. So I think even within my own friendships of, like you had said, I try to hold people accountable, but I also want that same accountability for myself um, because if it's just a one-way street, then, you know, <laughs> it, no one wants to feel like they're being friends with their, their parent or their guardian, but they, they want that friendship to be reciprocal. Absolutely, because a relationship where only one person benefits is what? It's the parasite, right? And I, you're preaching to the choir, Mike. I told someone that today. I was like, yes, like, I understand we help each other grow, but if you're growing and I'm not, like, that's parasitic, you know? And um, and not saying we, we get into relationships to uh, benefit, like, mostly, but it's important for us to get watered as well, you know? And I think, um, I think the important part of, like, cultivating community and that whole concept is to grow, you know, and um, I think you helped me step out of my comfort zone because, you know, I was helping young adults from ages 18 to 22 kind of like find themselves for six years. And then you show up on me one day and you're like, hey, what about high school? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, no, I'm not. I'm not doing anything with high schoolers. You know, they're not mature enough yet. It's just not the vibe. And talk talk about that a little bit. Talk about what made you invite me to, you know, talk to high schoolers of all, of all ages. Well, to be quite honest, I mean, I saw I saw a need for leaders. Yeah. And I had to identify, okay, who do I know? 
who who is a leader, who is someone who could uh, be a positive role model for for kids, and you were that person. I think anytime I hear someone say, "No, no, no, that's not for me," it's always like, "Okay, wait and see," or "Try it, give it, give it a <laughs> chance." And you you definitely still ooze a little bit of that cool factor, um, even though we're we're getting older, but. I think kids are, you're still cool to kids. There was that. And then just, I've seen you work. I've seen you put in the work. I've seen you uh, cultivate relationships, lead groups, uh, lead people and lead student body uh, and lead events. And so why wouldn't I want someone like that to be able to be a part of something that I was doing at the time? And so I was super thankful uh, for, for you and the time you were willing to take out of your busy schedule just to hang out with kids one time a week. No, absolutely. And like, first of all, that means the world to me, Micah, because like, I like I owe a lot to you in that in that perspective, because it really pushed me. I was like, man, this is so different from what I'm used to, because I'm used to like kids, they're in real time problems, like post caught, like in college, you know, away from their families, dealing with those type of things. But now these people are still in their homes with their parents. And um, it was super, super difficult at first, but it ended up being like the best thing ever. And I love those guys, you know, so I'm super grateful for the opportunity to do that. And so, so Micah, when you, when you came to college, do you feel like the community that was at our university prior to, do you think that was the same community that was there at the end when we left? Um, I would say no, obviously, because relationships um, have a natural end to them and as well, people come and go. So that community changes with who's present and who's absent. When I, w- when I was there for the first couple of years, I wasn't really active in that community. I was more of a bystander. So for me to even be able to speak to the community, I think wouldn't be accurate because again, I wasn't taking an active role. I wasn't really a participant and that's okay. But uh, what was I doing in my own life. And I wasn't really doing much of anything at the time. No, I I get that. And I think same for me, you know, I was kind of like focused on wrestling, you know, like you said, you were focused on soccer and it was a thing. What, what am I doing spiritually? How am I helping other people? You know, and I'm grateful because I think we were both a part of programs that everyone did service, no matter what, what, uh, what grade you were in or like what you look like, every, everyone did service. And I, and I'm super grateful for the opportunity, you know, and, um, and now when I go to organizations, that service isn't a huge component. I'm like, how can we do it? How can we be more useful? You know, not just to like the people we uh, work with or the people we like, you know, that are vendors for, but everyone, even the community. So, so that's awesome. So, so Michael, what are you doing now in your current role to help cultivate the community there? Like, was it amazing when you got there or are you just trying to like become better with it? I think the current community is, it's a big group. It's a bigger group. So it's been more difficult to have those immediate relationships and um, with everything kind of being virtual right now. I think I'm just, as far as what I'm trying to do is just be consistent, uh, to show up and be someone that people can trust and can rely on and know what they're going to expect from me day in and day out when during a time and place when things are not consistent and people can't rely on what's going to happen day to day. I agree. So how do Micah, how do you do that when everyone has their own thing? Like you have your own life going on, you have your own family. How do you bring that consistency day in, day out? Is it just like you prioritize it? Like, like what do you do? I think it's hard to put into words because sometimes I think a lot of it's kind of about my personality. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty laid back, but also I think trying to go in with a mindset uh, every day of, okay, how can I show up for this person or how can I be uh, quote unquote the light? for 
for my students today or how can I uh, serve someone today? So looking for those opportunities to help someone, to serve, and to kind of be the hands and feet for someone that maybe they can't be for themselves at that time. No, no, same, same here. You know, definitely try to be that city on a hill at all times, you know, to the best of our abilities, because again, we still get angry, you know, we get things that we don't like. I I guess for me, if I had to like put it in a practical, like a practical application, for me, it would be simple as like, I I try not to talk bad about anyone. You know, if something frustrating happens to me, I try not to add that little bit of like, that's kind of like a personal character attack. And, And I think people actually notice that, you know? And as we get older, Micah, and, you know, we understand how things start to work, it gets really hard not to add, add little comments or little things that are like, you know, make me feel better, but don't aid the conversation, you know? And that's how, how I try to like, you know, be that city on the hill. Anything like that you do? I would say similar to that. I try yeah. to be positive. I think that's a big part about how I try to approach every situation is maybe someone is saying something negative or they're having a specific outlook. And I say, okay, but how is it good? Or what, what's the good in it? So trying to find the good in every, every situation. Absolutely. And, and Micah, so there's probably people listening to this podcast that are like 18, 19, or someone just got into a new organization that they started working for. And they want to take their community they had prior to, and they want to pay it forward. How can someone pay it forward? I think when you, when you use the term pay it forward, uh, I think of the the drive through right when we or if you've ever been on the other experience of it where someone pays for your stuff and you go up and get your food and they're like oh that person in front of you took care of it right paying it forward so trying to think of ways uh, where we can leave an example or leave something in that community that we're currently in and when we're gone people notice right but we don't want to just be there and people don't notice so trying to set a standard of excellence and if someone's just joining a new job or a new community i would say definitely just be authentic be who you are uh, and that's what i try to do because if i try to be someone else for other people then it's not going to be my most authentic self and i'm not going to stand out i'm going to just try to fit in a lot of the times what we try to do is fit in and we lose ourselves in the process so I would say, as far as trying to pay it forward to maybe the generation that's coming after me, just be authentic, be myself, and just be an example for others and how I live my life, which is hopefully different from other people. That's beautiful, Micah. That's eloquently put as usual. So, Micah, where can everyone find you? Can you plug your podcast, your Instagram, your LinkedIn, like wherever people can find you at? Yeah, for sure. So, I haven't done it in a while, which shame on me, but I am the host and creator of the Unpacked podcast. You can find that at the underscore unpacked underscore podcast. You're right. I had to squeeze all those underscores in there. I'm on Instagram. You can find me. Just search up my name. I'm public on Facebook, LinkedIn. Same, Micah Tatebe. Look for me. Hit me up anytime. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Micah. And I will definitely have to like plug your podcast. I was on there and that was the first episode. So I'm super grateful for that. I, I would just say... Your podcast is the best the best way to experience like the awesomeness of relationships and the story of an ordinary person, if that was the proper way to say. It. I know you have a cool tagline. What's your cool tagline you say for your podcast, Micah? So the, the tagline is um, that everyone has a story worth sharing. Um, sometimes all you have to do is listen. And I was super grateful, JB, that you were the first person willing to share 
uh, your story with me and with other people to listen to. So I'm really, really grateful that I was able just to jump on here and share a little bit of my experience. Hey, no doubt, bro. Hey, thanks, Micah. I appreciate it. Micah's such a genuine person. It's really like amazing how genuine he really is. And I know it was earned, not given. I know he reads a ton. He has conversations with a plethora of mentors and even peers like myself. I'm super grateful you all got to experience the the friendship that I have with Micah and just our genuine conversations is how we talk on a daily basis. We talked about cultivating community and how you can water your flowers where you are. And I believe with this podcast and I pray that you can make your mess your message. Make your mess your message. Thank you for listening for the Masses Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to my mother, Alfredo Bullock. She ran her race with elegance and pride. I love you forever and